0: Well, happy Tuesday, one and all. Welcome in on Sports Talk. I'm Scott Beatty. Along with Lauren Tate, you've got Sports Talk. Right until 6 o'clock tonight here for the first hour. Evan's in for our number two. Our Big Ten tour continues. We'll make a stop in the other twin cities up in Minneapolis and visit with our friend Mike Grimm, the play-by-play man for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. And uh we'll maybe reminisce with him a bit on the Cardinals. Why not? We used, to, uh, we used to work at KMOX down
1: in St. Louis.
0: Good to see you, Mr. Tate. How are you? ready to go you are ready you sure about that
1: (laughs) i can get my phone off here
0: (laughs) you are so popular oh boy you are so popular. That's what happens. Uh, but apparently they don't know you're on the radio, whoever that is. <laughs> That's so, another thing, yeah. <laughs> You should answer with,
1: that, why aren't you listening? That was a health care call. Who knows what they're going to tell me. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. <laughs> Maybe my days are numbered and I don't know it.
0: They are for all of us. <laughs> they are for all of us. Just don't forget that. We're glad you're here. Mike Grimm is coming up. We are counting down the days. What are we Um uh, Today's the 16th, so 11 days out to football yep. season beginning. For yep. I, I don't know about you. I do get time. I get, I, I, I get to – can we get going with this now? Can <laughs> we get going? It still feels like it's not time yet for football season
1: because the kids haven't started school, but they will this week.
0: So can we get this going?
1: Well, i kind of been uh, working a little bit this week and just in breaking down the team. I, I see we've got 26 – transfers, that's people who started school somewhere else other than the University of Illinois, 14 of them are either starters or they're going to be alternate starters. That's a lot of players uh, out of the top, well, let's say the top 44 if, if you count too deep, And and maybe a punter or whatever you know. That's that's a
0: see these not necessarily transfers this year, but at one point at another school. I mean uh,
1: Chase Brown's been here a long time. I mean Luke Ford's been here a long time, and we're waiting to see Luke Ford get cleared. We don't know why he has not been practicing the last several days, but uh, at least the coach said he thought he'd be back next Monday, and I think that's uh, that he'd be ready for the game at least.
0: Well, Luke Ford is a transfer. On the offensive line, Isaiah Adams sounds like he's a starter.
1: Oh, yeah. He's definitely a starter.
0: Well, I say sounds like because it hasn't been said officially, but That's everything right. that has been stated right. sounds like he's a starter.
1: Yeah, if you pay attention to what they're saying, you know, they really like him. Now, Chrysler, at the other position, at the other guard, is either Slaughter or Chrysler.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think... You know, and Chrysler, to your point, is a transfer.
1: Yeah, he's a junior college transfer, and of course, Ford is a transfer from Georgia. And and we we've got you know the tailback and the quarterback are both going to be uh, the, transfers.
0: The presumed starting quarterback, Tommy Devito, transfer. Mm-hmm. That's right. The presumed backup quarterback, Art Sidkowski, transfer. Right. The presumed emergency quarterback, Ryan Johnson. That's right. Transfer. After that, you've got freshmen.
1: The last eleven. High school recruits at quarterback have washed out. That's a s- severe statement, but they've all been beaten out by Wes a transfer, uh, Bush, a transfer, Peters, a transfer. I mean, we have uh, all uh, – now, Williams was a, was a uh, quarterback. You remember Isaiah Williams. He sure. he's moved Juice. to a different position. but Oh, as Isaiah a, Williams, this Isaiah Williams. This, uh, I but as a quarterback – The last 11 since 2012, that's a 10-year period. So that's what Leary is, uh, Donovan Leary, the freshman, this year's freshman, is looking at. Even uh, the last two guys, you know, Collier and Somali Collier, and uh, uh, I forgot the other guy's name. but uh, Donovan Leary? uh, uh, Well, uh, two years ago. Oh. But... Span. Oh yeah. Span. And the last two quarterbacks we recruited before him, as fresh as high school players, have both left.
0: And the quarterback out of Peoria.
1: Well, yeah. Uh, as I said, the last eleven. Yeah. <laughs> that were recruited out of high school. Mm-hmm. So that's the direction we're going. And the question I got for you is: it's a legitimate question. Can you run a program like this? Can you in this new ERA, can you get by with transfers? Because that's basically what they're going to try to do. I mean, two of our top three linebackers are are uh, transfers. Uh, uh, in the defensive uh, backfield, we've got a guy named Terrell, uh, Terrell uh, Jennings. Jennings. I, I I wonder if he's going to uh, play. I think he is. It sounds like they're going to play him on the second unit, doesn't
0: it? Mm-hmm. I expect him out there. Uh, and uh, then you got all kinds of walk-ons like uh, – but look, the starting unit in the secondary.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a veteran. That's it's
0: a veteran group, and and mm-hmm. none of them are transfers among right. the presumed starting unit, mm-hmm. and that. What well, what was Lovey Smith in his life? He was a DB, right? Mm-hmm. Lovey Smith had an eye for secondary players.
1: He just well, it turns out that that could be right. Turns uh, out nobody,
0: you know, nobody. No, I mean, Sid Brown is. is you know, and Quan Martin, potential to be all Big Ten players.
1: They're good ones, and I think I like Witherspoon an awful lot. They
0: are rarely mm-hmm. high on him. They say he's been having a great camp. Tav, uh, Taz Nicholson has has done well.
1: So well, they it, better be ready because we're going to face some passers. Mm-hmm. We've got some dandy throwers coming up up this front. Season.
0: Up front, defensively, are all homegrown, if you will, but they had to bring in transfer reserves. Mm-hmm. T. Rye Edwards, mm-hmm. who's been injured.
1: Yeah, from Northwestern. And
0: R.J. Wilkins, the Vanderbilt transfer. Mm-hmm. Linebacker, homegrown this year. Seth Coleman, Ezekiel Holmes. Alec Bryant will play, and he may end up a starter. I'm not sure.
1: He's he's, he's a transfer. He's either or. Yeah, North Carolina State, isn't it? No, Virginia yeah. Tech.
0: Yeah, Virginia Tech. Yeah, yeah. Uh, C.J. Yeah. Hart is a starting team. linebacker. He's North Carolina yeah. State. Right. Tariq Barnes, homegrown. Isaac Darkangelo, linebacker, is a transfer. So it's in it's, the
1: middle, in the linebacking position, it's a mix. It's an incredible mix of players. I mean, if you go back to where all they came from, we got a guy kicking a putting for us this year who graduated from high school in 2011. He's He's been in the Army. He's been in the police department. He's been – he graduated – just think he graduated eleven years ago from high school, <laughs> and he's our punter, yep Robertson, but uh, from australia uh,
0: the The test for this defense next year will be, are there people ready to go because or do they have to bring him in because you have relied largely defensively on lovey Smith players, and as much as people want to. Say good riddance to you, you know, because of kind of how he left things, he still re- found an eye for talent defensively. And that was always his strength.
1: Well, the only thing I will say to you about that is they were a lot better defensively under Walters than they were under Lovey. I mean, a yes. lot better. They made dramatic improvement last year.
0: But it shows me that he recruited good players, he had a faulty scheme.
1: Or, well, or or they, it didn't or they coach hadn't them well yet. Yeah. yeah.
0: You know, but the, the the knock on Lovey is everybody knew what the scheme was, everyone knew how to pick apart it, pick it apart and 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 beat it. And it was predictable and vanilla and it worked well when you had NFL players of high caliber. It didn't work well in the modern college game.
1: As I've followed this thing over the years, when when We've never developed what I would call a line of players from an area. It should be from the state of Illinois. Mike White got his players from California. Uh, Zook got a lot of players from the Washington, D.C. area. I mean, he, he, he picked up a few players from Illinois. But the point, my point is that I don't see how Illinois is ever going to be consistently successful if they don't have a steady run of Illinois players. Mm-hmm. Particularly linemen, particularly linebackers, those types.
0: And you have to be able to pick and away by the some way, kids had from some the Chicago area.
1: J.J. McCarthy, who could start for Michigan this year, is a former Illinois player. You know, he went down to Florida after he left school, after he, during high school, but he's an Illinois product, at least until his senior year. And that's happening, by the way, with a lot of players. A lot of athletes now are going to... Special schools, athletic schools i m g or whatever uh, when they get real good and mm-hmm. it's true of basketball it's true of football that they they just leave high school and once once a player leaves high school and then you really can't count on him staying anywhere four years after that once he's got away from that once he's had that move that that affects him in the long run. They're ready to go. They're, they want to get into the NBA. That's what they want. They want to play professionally. Now we're seeing a lot of players go from high school to a special high school for basketball and then to a special team that competes, you know, uh, and we're talking about just the top players in the, in the, in the country, uh, to, to set them up for uh, the NA, NBA the following year.
0: Illinois football's schedule this week. They're practicing tonight under the lights, presumably,
1: at Memorial Stadium. That'll be a light one, won't it? What's that? That'll be a light one, light (laughs) workout. (laughs) I thought you're. No, I'm sorry. (laughs) It won't be a strenuous workout.
0: I imagine not, given that they scrimmaged yesterday. They might not uh, go full, full tilt. They practice again Wednesday and. Thursday, and then, uh, the, uh, well, camp kind of runs runs out at the end of the week, and they switch into full game prep mode. If you want to weigh in, you can. 217-356-9397 9, 9, is a way to jump in on the phones. You can text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. 2, 5, 5, 5,
1: Two years ago, Bart Miller was the offensive run game coordinator for Wyoming. He's now the offensive line coach for Illinois. My question to you is, with all the turnover at Wyoming, is he of much value? I mean, he knows the head coach, so he probably knows which way the, the head coach would lean in certain situations. But they're going to be coming in with some surprises, we know. Completely new team and new system for, for, for as far as we know.
0: Yeah, I don't think you I, – I think it's like saying, you know, Brett Bielma likes to run the football.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, that's – Okay, no. expect football to be run, but what else do you do with that? You don't know. You're, you don't you're in know, a zone, three man in, front,
1: four man front, five man back, and the defensive back. You don't know what you're going to get.
0: Yeah. So, okay.
1: They, I I can tell you one thing that they will do though. They will dare us to pass. Yep. They will dare Tommy DeVito to throw the ball, and if he can throw it, we'll we'll win handily. If he can't, then it'll be a struggle.
0: I would like to see the short and medium game. Be excellent. And then that opens things up just a little bit for down the field. I don't expect this team to be airing it out constantly. So what? You just have to keep that secondary a little bit ready for something and not load up, as you pointed out in your column on Sunday, not put eight men in the box all the time because you know it's going to Chase Brown or Josh McRae have that in the back of their minds, which one is coming here. And if Scott Ritchie can tell you that a run play is coming based on the personnel alignment out there, I'm not talking about barge formation. I'm talking about which wide receivers are out there. The other team knows that too. So Bart Lunny showed at San Antonio that he knows how to play 50-50 ball. What's the mandate is my question. Is there a mandate or is it go go with what you have?
1: Well, the secret of every every uh, game plan is to do what the other team doesn't expect. Mm-hmm. That's the secret. I well, mean, let simple. me
0: ask you: Is it because if they're going to come in expect Illinois to, if you expect Illinois to run the football, they're still going to run it. You bet. Because they're good at it, or yeah. that's their at least what they have the best chance. We think
1: at. we are. We got a different line this year. Yeah. And uh, I don't know that that'll. I don't know that this line will be better. I mean, I think that individually. Maybe we have a little more athleticism, size, athleticism. But, boy, when you have a guy that's been the center for five years, you know, and you're putting a guy in that's never played center, there's no way I can say that Pilsen's going to be better than Kramer. And there's no way I can say as much as you like Pearl, and I like Pearl at left tackle, there's no way I can say he's better than Lowe. And Lowe played five years. I mean, my goodness. Just think of how how experienced that is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it, maybe it's a step down. But the beautiful thing about college sports is you always are seemingly asking, are we really able to replace so-and-so? And somebody steps up
1: in the now, long run. I thought it was really interesting to hear Billma talk about the length of this offensive yep. line, the size of it. They're all over, well over 300 pounds. They're all over 6'5". And it is a big, rangy group. That if they can work as a unit, which is what the key to offensive line is, you got to work as a as a group. Uh, if they can do that, they, they can we'll, we'll be fine.
0: Speaking of Doug Kramer, sad news for him: placed on injured reserve by the Bears today. Suffered a Lis Frank Lis injury. I've never seen this before, but that's an injury to the to your foot. Could be a broken bone or a problem with the ligament. So
1: um, he was in the preseason game. On a guy trying to make the team to all of a sudden be injured, that really hurts. And he was getting a lot of playing time. Illinois soccer will open up the athletic calendar
0: Thursday against Illinois State as well. Admission free there at Demersion Park, 7 p.m. for first touch. Just outside of the Atkins Tennis Center there at the new Diversion Park. All right, how about the Golden Gophers? They're a thing up there in Minneapolis. We'll talk with our friend Mike Grimm when we come back on Sports Talk. Sports Talk rolls along. It's a Tuesday edition. By the way, I've got some White Sox tickets to give away for... Tomorrow night, maybe short notice, but if you have a chance to jet up and see the White Sox and Houston play, boy, big matchup tonight for them, Verlander versus Cease. Oh, boy. Maybe the two top Cy Young candidates in the American League, but... Uh Anyway, we'll, we'll do that later. Mike Grimm is the play-by-play man for the Minnesota Golden Gophers, and our tour of the Big Ten continues. We don't have to get on a bus and go all over the place. We just put them on a phone. <laughs> How are you doing, Mr. Grimm?
2: I'm good. I'm great. Yeah, baseball uh, comment, uh, Lauren's going to be jealous. I'm actually flying out to St. Louis in the morning. I'll be at the Cardinals and Rockies tomorrow night, so I'm uh, going to watch the Cardinals, who are, who are now in first place.
1: Well, well, you're from St. Louis, aren't you now? How how many years have you been in Minnesota? Uh,
2: would you believe I'm starting my 17th year here? Oh, um, come on. Yeah, it's crazy, right? I, was in, yeah, I worked in St. Louis from 01 to 06 and got here in 06, and when you hear someone say 06, you think that's not that long ago, but this will be my 17th season when you count 22 back to 06, so crazy.
0: This is not right. This is these things yeah. are are not right, and I'm sure you all are <laughs> delighted in in the Cardinals, and we salute them um, very politely for what what they're doing this year. Uh, give me, if you could, the case for Minnesota to win the Big Ten West, and the case against Minnesota to win the Big Ten West.
2: Yeah, I think it'll be line play. That will be the key. If the line play is good, I think they've got a real good chance to uh, to win the West. Part of the case will be they don't have Ohio State or Michigan as crossover games this year. They had Ohio State last year, and obviously that was – uh, that season opener where Muhammad Ibrahim uh, had 160-plus yards before he got injured. And actually, Minnesota led in that game in the third quarter, and then Ohio State kind of ran away with it after the the Ibrahim injury. And, uh, you know, they were probably going to win the game anyway, but um, who knows. Um, so you don't have those two. Uh, that would be part of it. You, you have four new starters on the offensive line. Now, those guys that are going to start aren't young. They have been around the program. They should have been starters last year, but um, all the other starters from the previous year got the extra COVID year. So we're talking guys that have been in this program for three and four years. Some of them do have some starts, and most of them have experience. So if they turn out to be pretty good – I think this team's going to be pretty good, and um, uh, same on the defensive line. They they uh, have plugged in some holes with transfers. Um, they've got a couple of young guys that are going to get their chance and have not played a lot of football at the Big Ten level, but I think are Big Ten players. And if they produce, um, then I think that you know this defense. People forget about this go for defense last year was number three overall in the country, um, and and it was really a key part because the offense at times struggled a year ago, as the Illini fans saw in that game where where the Illinois defense really shut that Gopher offense down in that in that win that they had up here in Minneapolis. So um, I, I think I think either way, I, this is what I would say: if if the line play does not, um, if it's not as good as what you had hoped, if you're a Gopher fan, then they probably won't win the West. And if it's everything you hoped it would be, they've got a really good chance to win the West. And like I said, the schedule I think is favorable. Now, that said, they do have two crossover games that are are tough at Michigan State to open Big Ten play in late September. And then they have the whiteout game at Penn State. It's a primetime game that Penn State chose that game to be their whiteout game. So, obviously, that's not going to be a picnic for the Gophers. That game comes in October. So, two tough crossover uh, road games, but you do avoid Michigan and Ohio State. So
1: That's, that's let me get a question in here about this you know it just doesn't seem fair that you that the champion of the west is based on who you play in the east <laughs> it just seems yeah, to me like you you got six games in the west that ought to be it i mean that yeah. ought to decide who wins the west because the, the you know the uh it can be pretty lopsided in terms of who you're getting out of the east
2: for sure, and I think every year. And, and hey, uh, Lauren, as you know, just wait till there's 16 or 20 Big Ten teams, and we try to figure out those tiebreakers. Oh and, man, that's you know, gonna be impossible. The, you know who who plays what schedule, and who doesn't have to play Ohio State and Michigan, and uh, you know who plays at home, and all that stuff is going to be a huge factor uh, when when you eliminate divisions, which it sounds like they may you know, eventually do. And then you're only playing, you know, if you have 16 teams and you're not – somehow they got to pot it or something. Anyway, that's a whole sidebar. We could talk the whole hour on that. But, um, yeah, even last year, you think about Iowa won the West, and, I, you know, they were a pretty good team. Their offense wasn't very good, but they had a great defense and a very – good special teams play where you know their field goal kicker almost never missed, and their punter flipped the field two or three times a game, and their punt returner was the best in the country, and when you factor in all those hidden yards, a bad offense gets disguised pretty well, and they had a bunch of turnovers and defensive and special teams touchdowns, and they won it, so I'm not going to take anything away from them. That said, they did not play Ohio State, Michigan State, or Michigan last year, and pretty much everyone else that was in contention played at least one of those, and, and a couple of teams played both. Um, now they did play Penn State. Remember that game? They were, I think, both ranked in the top five, and it turned out that Penn State, you know, kind of, you know, fell fell by the wayside after that game because their quarterback got hurt in that game. But um, you're right; the schedule factors in as to who you play in that crossover situation, and so for the golfers this year. Good that they don't have, from a Gopher perspective, good they don't have Michigan and Ohio State either one, but they do have two tough ones, at Michigan State and at Penn State, so we'll see where that takes them.
0: We're talking with Mike Grammys, the voice of the Golden Gophers, up in Minneapolis. I have here a, uh, a, a, a copy of a P.J. Flex playbook, and it's, uh, <laughs> let's see, play one, handoff to Ibrahim. And play mm, two, yeah. hand off to Ibrahim uh, to the left. <laughs> and the third one is to the right. So actually, I got three, they, uh, I got three plays. Is there any passing plays in that playbook?
2: Yeah, well, we were wondering that a couple times last year, actually. Uh, uh, you know, not not even being joking. They ran the ball more in Division One football, counting everybody, including Group of Fives. They ran the ball more than any team other than Army, Navy, and Air Force. <laughs> And they all run the triple option. Minnesota was fourth most run attempts. Um, and now that said, they had a really good offensive line. All those guys are getting an opportunity uh, in the NFL. Where, you know, mo- I think most will make a, a, a roster, uh, save for one. Their right guard decided medical school was, uh, was was the way he wanted to go, and because such of Kobe, a disappointment he
0: six, to his family. Yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> just just a, just a disappointment. And he's actually got an interesting story because he was a sixth year guy He came back. Um, Uh, for that last year he's played more Big Ten games than anybody in history because he's a five-year starter basically Um, and uh, he was so he's a pre-med major but when he came back for the extra year instead of you know taking a couple classes and saying hey I'm just going to wait to take my whatever the medical test is to get into med school um, he he just went ahead and got his uh, master's degree in hospital administration so he's not only going to be a doctor he's going to run the hospital you know but um, so so he, he decided and I think he had a chance to make the NFL but he said no, you know, you know taking enough beating, I'm going to go, and I think he's enrolled in med school someplace. I, I, I'm not exactly sure where, but uh, he's got a bright future. But anyway, all those guys, um, you know, were, were 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 part of a really good running attack. You know, the, and and ball control was a thing. They they, uh, it, they they kind of played what I would call Wisconsin basketball on a football field, where they would wind the clock down almost to zero every possession or every snap and um, shorten the game and um, control time of possession. I think they want time of possession every game that they played last year, save for maybe one. That's,
0: um, and that seems to be the style that Brett Bielma wants to play. Of course, he comes out of the his yeah. heritage of Iowa and Wisconsin where he coached. Yep. And uh, the, I, I just start to see that's even to an extent what Northwestern wants to do. I, I see a lot of... Uh, The same shades of color in the Big Ten West, and then you got Purdue out there kind of doing its own thing. And we don't know what Nebraska is this year, but they're expected, for whatever you want to think about that, to be better.
2: We never know what Nebraska is, and we'll see. Uh, every year, we're told that they're going to be better. I, I do think there's some legitimacy to them being better this year. They, they, there's no doubt, name, image, and likeness has helped them add some transfers that they probably wouldn't have gotten otherwise. And we'll see if they produce. I, I think they could absolutely be a factor in the uh, in the Big Ten West without a doubt. I think this. I think it's kind of a, it'll be a fun race because I think every team in the West. Um, including the team that won it last year, Iowa, can say with legitimate reason, we're going to be better this year than we were last year. And that doesn't always happen, right, because it's you know either graduation or whatever. I think everybody has a case. If Iowa gets better quarterback play, they, they could be better. Now, their record might not be better, but it's going to be a harder team to beat. Uh, Wisconsin didn't win it, and they're used to winning it. They can be better. Minnesota thinks it can be better. I don't think there's any doubt, Illinois, you know, with the way they finished that season. they, they You know, they win at Penn State. They went up here in Minneapolis. Probably should have won in Iowa City. If not for a kick return and an interception return for a touchdown, they probably win at Kinnick. And then they put, what, 48 or whatever it was on Northwestern. So I think, right, everybody there is thinking Illinois is going to be better than last year. Northwestern can't be worse, I don't think. And Purdue. <laughs> Uh, Purdue, speaking of easy schedule, Purdue has the easiest of the schedules. They, they they not only don't play Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, I don't think they have uh, – I think they miss all of the top four. So, um, the, you know, they probably have the easiest crossover schedule of everybody, and they won nine games in a bowl game last year. So I think it's going to be a great, uh, fun fall, you know, in, in, in terms of, of what happens with the Big Ten West.
1: I'm going to take you away uh, to another subject here. Uh, Clyde Turner passed away. And I, as far as I know, he spent most of his life in your area and in Minneapolis. What do you know about Clyde Turner?
2: Yeah, you know, he he's certainly been around. It is a shame to see, uh, you know, and it's interesting because he had been um, just yesterday, the news release came out, he was finally, I, I was surprised, quite honestly, that he hadn't already been inducted into the, they call it the M Club Hall of Fame. That's a golf, basically the Gopher Athletic Hall of Fame. Uh, that announcement came yesterday that he was uh, going to be a member of the 2022 class, but he was, you know, all conference a couple of times here, played on some really good teams. Um, and, you know, uh, that, you know, that was back uh, with Musselman coaching, uh, you know, uh, some really good teams back in the early seventies. And um, it, uh, yeah, it's, it's a sad, certainly sad news to, to hear whatever, you know, any, any great uh, player with such great heritage, uh, you know, uh, passes away, but um, yeah, he he was he's obviously a familiar name here, and um, had not been around as much more recently, but certainly um, has a place in golf history.
1: Well, we a lot of people will debate this, but he may have been the greatest player in Champaign high school history, and, and although Centennials had some good players and Centrals had some great players, particularly in the past, but Clyde um, Clyde was special. And uh, I know that Illinois wanted to recruit him pretty at the time, but I think academics became a problem. He wound up going to a junior college, and then from there he joined uh, Brewer and Winfield and Corky Taylor and some really great yeah. players at Minnesota under under the original Musselman, and yeah. uh, they they were they were a really good team.
2: They they had it going there, and then, then obviously things went a little sideways late in that regime, and, and uh, they had to move on. But yeah, that um, you know when you think of muscle, you know Eric Musselman's dad was the, was the head coach here for the Gophers before he moved on to the NBA, and um, and, uh, and and actually at one point was a coach of the Timberwolves as well, uh, Bill Musselman. But uh, yeah, he, he was uh, was big time recruiter, man. He brought in some some
1: really good talent over the years. Well, what does it look like for uh, Minnesota basketball this year?
2: Well, obviously, it's a you know last year was a total rebuild, reshuffle of the roster, um, and and so the wins weren't there. But I think what Ben Johnson, the new coach, did was was establish an identity of how he wanted to play. Uh, he obviously played for the Gophers. He's from here. He's familiar with everything, and I, and I think um, now he'll have a little better time because for years, right, uh, even through the years of Tubby Smith, when I when I first got to town, um, the, the the problem was it was hard to keep kids home. Um and, and and home here is like home home. Like like I you know, I always hear people say, well Illinois should get all the Chicago kids. Well that's not like next door, right? I mean that, that that's not an easy thing to do because Chicago is close to a lot of places. But Minneapolis, I mean this this school is like six miles from many of these high schools, you know, and so but they just for whatever reason couldn't get guys to stay home. I think Ben Johnson's gonna continue to uh, to push that. Now that said Ben just did get a commitment from a from a highly ranked kid from Illinois, Max Christie, uh, who's from the Chicago area. That is— um,
1: Brother, yeah. I'm
2: sorry. Yeah, the brother of—actually, uh, I think I, now I'm getting my names mixed up. Max is a kid that just was at Michigan State. Mm-hmm. His younger brother, um, whose name now first name's escaping me, just committed to Minnesota, which— um, they beat out some really big schools, so I think the fact now he has something, even if it's not wins, he has he has a style of play. Um, they want to, you know, they want tough and gritty, and you know, you name the the cliche there, and um, they now have a body of work that that showcased that because they, you know, they, they were certainly out talented most of the nights last year, but they gave everybody a tough game. Like everybody left the floor saying, "Man, we were lucky to win that game," and um, and so I think that body of work has helped you know sell the the image the idea of the, here's how we want to play and um you know i i think I, I think we're hitting a time too here where some you know august is a time where a lot of guys are going to commit but just before the school the, you know the high school year starts and so i think you know and i'm sure all school programs are this illinois is probably the same way you know hoping to get good news here in the next few weeks and i think minnesota's got its fingers crossed that, that, that there's going to be a few kids that uh are gonna are gonna make their verbal commitment here at some point soon.
0: Mike Graham voice of the Minnesota Golden Gophers they kick off on a Thursday September 1st against New Mexico State and they will be here on October 15th for homecoming so Mike will look forward to seeing you
1: for sure then and Mike I still don't believe it's 17 years. you can't convince me of that
2: it's, it isn't it crazy how time flies it, it I, I can't believe it either. Can't believe it either, but it is. It's 17 years, and um, I am. uh, You know, I I like all the trips in the Big Ten, but I I especially like coming down there. It's always fun to see everybody, and uh, and uh, we're looking forward to that trip in October.
0: Enjoy your trip down to St. Louis. You said you're going to fly. You're not going to row your boat we got down the uh, mississippi we got some
2: cheap flights uh we got some cheap flights actually the uh, old basketball sports information director and i we're gonna we're flying out in the morning we're going to the game wednesday and flying back thursday so it's a one-night trip but uh, we're gonna we're gonna eat some italian food might find some barbecue go to the cardinals game uh he's never been in the arch so we'll probably go up in the arch and then mm-hmm. come home so looking forward to it. it'll be a quick trip one-nighter but uh, we'll have some fun
0: Mike, good to hear your voice. Thanks, Mike.
2: Always good to talk, guys. Yeah, good to, good to chat with you.
0: All right, that's Mike Grimm, the great voice of the Minnesota Golden Gophers. We will come back on Sports Talk and visit for a moment as well with Jan Seeley about uh, what's going on with the Illinois Marathon and some fall events as well. We're right back after this. You're listening to Sports Talk
2: on DWS. <laughs>
0: Sports Talk rolls on here on a Tuesday. And we appreciate Mike Grimm giving us a little preview on the Minnesota Golden Gophers. we got time here for a phone call. Eric is with us on the line. Hey, Eric.
2: Hey, guys. Um, I had a question, for well, mostly for Laura, but if you know it either, that'd be great. So tonight's Doc's uh, Houston game is very unique in that both pitchers have 10-plus wins and an under-2 ERA. Mm-hmm. The last time that happened was 1985 in St. Louis versus New York Mets. Who are the two starting pitchers in that game?
1: Oh, boy. I did see that today, I think. but uh,
0: uh, Is there a Frank Viola in that? No. Nope. Was that a Doc Gooden?
2: Mets versus Cardinals. Yep. Good the, for the Mets. The, oh,
1: Viola the, was the twins. Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. Who did the Cardinals start? Or started?
2: you should know this
1: one. Well, I can't remember. Who is it? Crafty
0: Lefty. Okay, <laughs> he, you're getting a blank stare there. Good trivia question. John Tudor. That's John Tudor. He was on the tip oh my of my gosh, tongue.
1: Yeah. Okay. Wow.
0: That's the first time since
2: '85 that's happened uh, until tonight.
1: Ten wins <laughs> and under two, huh?
0: John yep. Tudor, there's yep. a name of the past. That was a good, some good mid '80s teams there for the mm-hmm. Cardinals. Yeah.
2: Really good. Both teams were really good then.
0: Well, see, Eric, you just gave us a, a little plug for the White Sox game on DWS tonight without uh, us even asking. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you, dude. Yep. Dylan Cease, Justin Verlander, one of those may well win the AL Cy Young Award. Hey, Jan Seely is here in studio with us, director of the Illinois Marathon. Good to see
3: you. Yes. Good to see you guys.
0: Um, great. Uh, appreciate stopping by. I know you wanted to share a little bit about what's coming up here in the near future. And what's coming up in the not as near future, because people like to plan for that. Yeah.
3: Well, last year, uh, you know, after not having any in-person events uh, in town, we launched a new event called Run to Remember. And it was an 8K. It was on campus. Uh, It was it grew out of uh, our sense of uh, wanting to have a day to reflect and have gratitude for. You know, all that we had come through, and, and it was an event to honor the memories of those we miss, mm-hmm. cherish those within our midst, and work together for a peaceful tomorrow. So the second annual run, to remember, is coming up on Saturday, September 17th. That date will change around every year because of the football schedule. So we've got uh, an 8K run walk, um, same campus route Um, the big difference this year is we don't have all the COVID precautions so we're gonna have a wonderful post-race celebration in the grass lot adjacent to the finish line by Grange Grove and live live music and food and last year we said finish and leave
0: Everybody can hug if they want. That's and right,
3: right. We we have a photographer. Last year was like literally, you finish and grab your bag of food and skedaddle. So it's it's a different a different feel.
0: I know that Illinois football is off on that Saturday. Correct. Uh They're not even on the road because right. they'll have that Thursday game uh, the week the next week following September 17th. And uh, I don't believe Illinois volleyball is home yet from their non-conference game. So. You don't have any conflicts with Illinois athletics. We
3: don't, but, you know, there's a lot going on. I mean, again, last year it was things were still pretty tamped down, and there's other running events that day. There's all the weddings and bar mitzvahs that we didn't go to in the last year. So there's a lot going on, but we are still super excited to have this. It's a fundraiser for United Way and the Community Foundation of East Central Illinois, so we're motivated to try to help them. And, um, you know, it's just a, a day to... To, we give everybody uh, a special bib for their back that says "Today I Remember." Mm-hmm. And you fill that out. And you know, I'm looking at Lauren Tate across. So his his daughter is a good friend of mine, and, mm-hmm. and did the race last year. And my neighbor, yeah, she and, likes to run. And um, there was a promotion we did today, and and it it, it showed Kathy wearing a bib with uh, with her mom's name on the back. And so <laughs> that's you know, it's a person or a place or thing, whatever you want. Someone someone said it was you know their pet or whatever. But it's just a day to pause, and it's a unique event, and. Um, still, lots of time for people to register. Illinois, you're, you're pretty
1: smooth at that mic. You don't use it, do anything else. Uh, <laughs> Tell us about your escapades out at Yale.
3: Well, I I, uh, I played field hockey at Yale. I'm still very involved in the program as uh, the uh, Alumni Association Board President and um, have done some color commentary before, and, and so I'm excited that I'm going to be doing seven of the eight home games this year on ESPN Plus as the color commentator. Well, and why are
1: you missing one game?
3: You know, I can't get to all of them. It's, <laughs> it's hard enough. Yeah, it's... Um, it's the the game i'm missing is the chicago marathon weekend and uh-huh. i'll probably be there um but uh yeah they, it's a a new era for yale field hockey the previous coach had been there for 25 years and she stepped away and brand new so brand new coach a two-time olympian named melissa gonzalez who we all idolized uh and a brand new astroturf we have an amazing facility and brand-new scoreboard with video replay. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I know it's
0: very big in, in the East, and mm-hmm. I think in the Big Ten, Northwestern's usually pretty good in they, it. Michigan, y- probably Nor- Ohio State.
3: Northwestern's pretty good. How about they won the national title last yeah. year? Yeah. Yes. Re- really good. Yeah. Uh, a former Yale player, uh, Georgia Holland, is the top assistant coach there. Um, so... You know, Yale players go on to be collegiate coaches sometimes. So, anyway, yeah, I have a face for radio. That's what I say. But it's, <laughs> it's actually TV. So I'm I'm super excited to do those games. So.
0: Hey, as for the Spring Christie Clinic Illinois Marathon, right. what's on tap? So,
3: first of all, <laughs> we've banned the word marathon because we don't have it back yet. So we call ourselves the Christie Clinic Illinois Race Weekend. So uh, we, we announced when we open registration. I, I should know better. I, that's Forgive okay, me. That's okay.
0: We went through this last I know. spring. Well,
3: it just felt disingenuous to have the word yeah. in there since we don't have the marathon back. So um, we knew there was still going to be a struggle in 2023 with city services. Uh, both police forces are working hard to get to full strength, but they're not there yet. So um, seeing that writing on the wall, uh, we, we did, we've done two things. So we, we put together a really good proposal to get the original half marathon route back, right? What we did this year was a stopgap. This was this beautiful new route that Mike Lindeman built, but it was a two-mile by two-mile grid. It was never going to be a permanent solution. We want that original route that goes into Urbana and goes into Champaign. We can't get our full marathon back until we get our original half marathon back. So we put together a proposal for the city of Urbana. Uh, We sourced how we were going to get the additional officers, because clearly we would need more than what we did this year. Um, so we got full approval from them and from Champaign. And so uh, as a, a, a two-year comeback for 2023, we will have our half marathon, but on the old course, the classic course, as we call it. And then we have put together something called the Bring Back the Marathon Coalition. Um, and well, how many is,
1: marathons are there in the country?
3: Oh, gosh, over 500, Lauren. Oh.
1: Yeah, and you have a problem getting being number 501?
3: Well, you know, I, it's above my pay grade, but um, we can't get the officers we need to be able to do that in a safe way. And, and that's, you know, city officials make those calls and work with us, and, and we want to do it in a safe way. And, and honestly, I'm not that unhappy that we're gonna take two years to bring it back because we're only gonna get one chance to bring this marathon back the right way yeah we were very rusty our community was rusty our runners were rusty our volunteers were rusty we as leaders were rusty this next year where we've got a full runway to really knock it out of the park and get our half-marathon, original half-marathon, back on solid footing, get all of our systems in place. Meanwhile, with this Bring Back the Marathon Coalition, which is broadly collaborative and has representatives from both cities, um, but from the university and extra people that are wonderful in our community, like Jane DeLuce, head of the Tourism Bureau, Sue Gray from United Way. There's this is a group of about 14 of us, and we have tasked it with figuring out how do we get our marathon back for 2024, and I and, and I'm tasking us with getting that done.
1: Who has before. to approve that?
3: The city officials, Champaign Urbana, and the university.
1: Okay.
3: Yeah, to get that decision done, so we know before the 2023 race weekend. So we're excited to be having race weekend, slightly different than we did this year, and we're shooting for 2024 to bring that full marathon back and bring this event back to full glory.
0: All at illinoismarathon.com. Correct.
3: Right? Correct.
0: Run to Remember on September 17th, and then uh, the race weekend coming up again in the spring.
3: April 29 to 30. 29, 27 to 29. Sorry, Thursday the 27th of April through the 29th of April. Yeah, last weekend of April, unless, unless uh, Garth Brooks is in town. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very nice of you to visit, Jan. Yeah, thank you. Let's do yeah. it again.
3: Thank you so
1: much.
0: Lauren, we'll see you tomorrow. I'll be here. Second hour of sports talk coming up. This is... WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, Champaign Multimedia Group Station.